you're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. Struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. Surprise, surprise. You know, it's not a surprise that you text your friends and ask them what to wear on the first date, obviously, how to respond to a text from your crush, because no one knows how to do that on their own, or to weigh in on whether you should post a certain pic on the socials or possibly what caption to include. I mean, we all do it, you guys. You all have done it and you all have people that do it to you. Guess what? That's what we call your village. And we think you can't date or relate without them. So join our village because we're serving you expert guests who are filled with tips and tricks that will take some of the guessing out of the game. And make sure you subscribe and share our pod with your friends so you can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend or two or a million. Basically all of them. Have you seen red flags but painted them white? Spotting an issue in someone else is hard because you don't want to write them off after one incident, but you also don't want to stick around too long and get caught in a toxic relationship. Don't be that person. The longer you hold on, the harder it is to let go because feelings develop even deeper than when you started and noticed those red flags at the beginning, and you become much more attached at that point. Then you are more apt to make excuses, otherwise known as painting those red flags white. You've heard us say it before. This is why we are happy to have journalist and host of Should We Talk About It, Gabriella Uyewa, in to discuss how to love and forgive yourself by strengthening your mental health, how to avoid burnout and take care of yourself in your career when you're just starting out, and how to create healthy relationships and spot those red flags in toxic ones. Gabby is a second-generation Cuban-American living somewhere between Miami and Los Angeles. Sounds like you, Jen. Yeah. She is a George Washington University alum and currently works as a freelance writer and IGTV show host. After working under Amy Astley as the assistant to the editor-in-chief of Architectural Digest for two years, Gabby decided to do something highly unlike herself despite her anxiety and leave the comfort of corporate America to pursue her passions. In July of 2020, that fateful year, during the thick of a global pandemic, obviously, and an all-around intense time, Gabby launched Should We Talk About It, a community-based platform featuring weekly IGTV episodes where she gets candid with her guests about mental health in an effort to help normalize and destigmatize conversations around the subject in an approachable and digestible manner. Should We Talk About It recognizes that not everyone has a mental illness, but we all have mental health. Such a great point. Whenever Gabby is not talking about the importance of boundaries and how to avoid toxic relationships, she's writing about everything from wellness and beauty to design, fashion, and Latinx culture for publications like Architectural Digest, The New York Times, Birdie, Cultured, The Local Optimist, and Clever. If you're looking for a writer, content creator, panelist, or moderator, she's your girl. And she's here to get candid and talk about it, and we won't get burnt out. Welcome to the show, Gabby. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. First off, before we dive into all of our topics for the day, what is your relationship status? Single, in a relationship, or it's complicated? In a relationship. Ooh. Mm -hmm. How'd you guys meet? So I've actually known him for so long. We went to elementary school together oh. and high school together. And then he was 
playing basketball at Georgetown when I was in GW. So we were both in DC at the same time, but we were actually never like good friends. It's a funny story. Like when we, we always say that like the universe basically didn't allow us to like fuck this up because you know how like when you're in high school you like hook up with all your friends yes so like him and I never that was never a thing like I never saw him that way I never thought he saw me that way according to him he like had a crush on me back in the day but like could have fooled me but we just always ran in the same larger friend group circle but never him and I were never close at all and then we ended up reconnecting during quarantine as I feel like so many people did um, in May. And I had reached out to him. Um, his grandmother had unfortunately passed away and I remember her really well. And I, I reached out a couple weeks after she had passed. That just shows you how close like we were not because I didn't feel comfortable enough to reach out when it actually happened. I was like, Mm -hmm. let me give this man a couple of weeks because this is going to be random for him. And, um, then after that, I guess that sort of like stuck in his head. And then I had just started, should we talk about it? And he is a basketball player, but like in his spare time was starting this podcast. And he called me randomly and was like, Hey, I have all this equipment. Um, I'm not using it. Like, I think what you're doing is dope. Do you want to come over and like take any of it? Like I'm not using it. And we were both in Miami. We were both home because we're both from Miami which like doesn't happen because I was living in New York before the pandemic and he was playing basketball abroad. So like that just, that situation would have never happened if not for the pandemic. Um, and I like went by his house to pick up this microphone and we ended up sitting, this was like the first person I saw during quarantine too. Cause this was in May and I was living with my parents. So I was being like safe, safe. Mm-hmm. And I like was across the yard from him and like picked this up from him. And I remember I came home and I called my friend and I was like, has Trey always been like really hot? And she like later told me was like, I knew you guys were going to date the second you said that. Oh my God. Okay. So it's like in that moment, you connected in a way that you hadn't before. And it is so funny because like three days ago I was at a friend's house and our mutual friend is a doctor and she, her current boyfriend, she was married and got divorced. This is the exact story. Her current boyfriend, she knew. He's an anesthesiologist and she's an OBGYN. She's like, I have worked with him forever, for like 25 years. I met him when I was 25. He asked me out. I was dating my ex-husband. And then suddenly she was getting divorced like a couple years ago. And one of her nurses said, well, you should talk to Dr. So-and-so. He's also getting divorced too. Maybe you guys could like check in with each other. She knocked on his door at the hospital and was like, Hey, I heard you're going through a divorce. I am too. And she'd known him forever. And she's like, and I didn't think about him that way. And then all of a sudden we sat down and talked and she's like, and we never, that was it from that point on. Like something, something. How the hell did that happen? I, I honestly, the universe, like I, I don't care how woo woo and like strange that sounds to people, but like it really, I think is the universe. And it's so funny because him and I always talk about this and like I always I, – I didn't tell him this when we first started dating because I didn't want to freak him out. But I was seeing this astrologist who I would like meet with once a year and we had just had like our annual call. And basically like I'm sure we will talk about it at some point if we're talking about relationships. But I was in like a very, very unhealthy, toxic, emotionally abusive relationship for a really long time. And even though we had broken up like years ago – I still was like holding on to it. I had just seen him like, you know, there was still the back and forth. And the astrologist had said to me, this was like in 
June. So Trey and I had just started seeing each other in May because that's exactly how it was. Like I saw him, we started talking and then we just like never stopped hanging out. Like I couldn't believe that a human like this existed in male form where like we were talking about like manifesting and like he wasn't making fun of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so the astrologist had told me like in June, right after him and I started seeing each other, she was like, did you release something in December? And I said, yes, I didn't expand on what it was, but basically what had happened that past December was I had seen my ex for the first time in like a year and a half. And it was the first time that I felt like I really got closure and I was able to really just like let go and walk out of there being like, oh my God, I'm actually not in love with you anymore. And she was like, well, whatever it is that you released, you were so energetically tied to that other person that that release allowed you to disconnect from them, basically discard it and like level up energetically. And she was like, if you haven't met this person, this person is about to step into your life. And this is like your energetic equal. Like you are about to find the person who's like on your wavelength. A couple of things there. Who is this person? How do we reach out to them? Uh We needed that person on speed dial. But then also, did you do anything specific when you got that closure or was it just timing that sort of healed those wounds? Um, it was a combination. So first of all, I mean, her name is Cindy. She's based in Miami. She's the best. I'll give you her information later. Um, but what did I do? Yeah. I mean, when I got that closure, it honestly was so cathartic for me because I don't know, emotionally abusive relationships. And, and, you know, I, I tend to talk about, I say both, I go back and forth between saying toxic relationship and emotionally abusive relationship. And I do want to point out that like, they're very different. And mine was a combination of the two. Um, that's why like I sometimes use them even though they're like not interchangeable, but, um, basically it was just so confusing for me because I was so in love with this person. I had been with them for a little over four years on and off. We started dating when I was 18 until I was 22. Like those are such intense formative years that like everything is just so confusing. So my biggest fear was even though we broke up and I knew like, it was exactly what I needed and it was for the best. I always had a fear that I was still going to be in love with him. And regardless of all of the shit that he put me through and did to me and, um, you know, having that, that moment where we saw each other after not seeing or speaking for about a year or a little over a year, I, I left crying. And I remember I called my sister and I was sobbing on the phone and I was like, I'm literally crying of release. Like if this is a relief, like I never had felt that way before where, you know, when you just happy cry, like that, yeah. that's what came over me when I left because I, I finally got that feeling of, oh my God, I'm, I'm not in love with you. You know, like I felt like it, it was like a third party watching our conversation. And I remember talking to him and this, I had already been in my first um, year of working in at AD and like my life was just so different. And I was like, I feel like the person that dated you was dead. Like she does not exist. And I just felt uh, nothing in terms of the like the love in me. And so it was just so, so powerful for me. Um, and from there, it just really allowed me to like just move on with my life in a way, which is interesting. It's It's a weird feeling. It's weird because you fear when you're breaking up with someone, you fear the letting go. Like you don't want to let go of that person. You want to be in love with them. So then when it happens, you're like, oh shit, this is actually awesome. Like I'm so glad it finally happened because there's only so much, I mean, you can do things to help yourself let go and time and space. I think it's huge. Like it was probably good that you had that year and a half or however long it was in between because you allow yourself to sort of like deconfect from that person and like 
when you're in a toxic relationship, you're in a toxic bond. And that's why they're the hardest relationships to get out of. Right. Cause you're like tied to this person who you're, you're addicted to the feeling of like, they make me feel better when they make me feel like shit. And it's so it's, they're the hardest to get out of, but like also, I mean, I love that you were like working on yourself and talking to Cindy, this astrologer who, by the way, guys, we need to normalize talking about like getting any sort of help, treatment, whatever you want to call it for just yourself and whether that's mental health or just self-help or self-love or whatever you want to call it therapy, talking about mental health, um, going to an astrologer, like that needs to all be normalized. I love that you can talk about that with your boyfriend now, because that's just like, you're working on yourself and people get all weird about it. Like, Oh, that's so what an astrologer, but like, that's, we need to normalize that. And oh, absolutely. Have sh- we have, you have a show that talks about like, obviously mental health and normalizing that too. So Tell us about your show and like, I'm. Sh- it's not probably an accident that all of this was kind of happening at the same time. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. I think I was, you know, right before the pandemic, I think those past, those two years leading up to the past year that we had in 2020, I was doing the most work on myself that I'd ever been doing. And I think like what was just so confusing for me getting out of that relationship and, you know, going back to what I was saying before of like it being so cathartic when I had that moment of like, I'm not in love with you. It was just so confusing because when you're in a toxic relationship and I'm sure we'll talk about it later, like you, you have this, like, at least I had this very strange guilt around it. Cause I, when typically when you're in a toxic relationship to be like, it's two in the relationship that are adding to this toxicity, you know? And so I knew that I was contributing negative things, but then it just got so confusing when it crossed the boundary into emotional abuse and that's where, you know, I have to sit and remind myself. And it's something that I'm working through years later now in therapy, like uh, releasing that guilt of like, okay, this wasn't my fault. <laughs> um, but going back to your question, yeah, I mean, during during quarantine, I think like everybody, I was just thinking for, mental health was just at the forefront of my mind and uh, has been for, for years and years. And I felt like the stigma firsthand 100%. And it was just so important for me to contribute to the conversation in a healthy and positive way. And I feel like a lot of the conversations I was seeing online were um, either really clinical and like not approachable, or it was people sort of like glamorizing mental illness and being like, haha, I'm so depressed. Like, let's all think about it and like talk about it and like laugh about it. And, and like the self-diagnosis and it was just not a healthy narrative that I was witnessing, at least what was coming up in my sphere of the world. And so I was just thinking, like, how can I contribute in a positive way? How can I contribute to normalizing and destigmatizing and encouraging people to speak up and, and look inwards? Because I really, those those past two, three years, like, I had done work on myself that was difficult and hard and upsetting and, you know, is ongoing forever, but it literally changed my life. And I, will, I would not be where I am today without all of that work. And so... I just felt it in my core. Like I, I know that my purpose on this planet is to tell stories. It's what I do as a writer and, and you know, writing with magazines and things like that. So the show was sort of a natural step of, okay, I'm going to tell stories in a different way, in a different medium. And that's how Show We Talk About It was born. And, you know, I just started having those conversations really organically on my, on my Instagram um, with people who I really admire and look up to. And while I always point people in the direction of experts, because obviously they're the ones that can really help guide us and, and are trained and know what they're talking about. Um, 
I thought it was really important to bring a lot of more like influencer type of people onto my show because I wanted to humanize it, you know, like I want their audience to understand that they are people as well. And mental health, I feel like is just the invisible string that, that connects us all. But yeah, that's how the show was born. And now, you know, the show is transitioning and it's changing as I'm changing. And I'm actually launching a podcast now in June with my friend and co-host Meadow, who is a mental health uh, professional, which is amazing because she's got 10 years of experience in the, in the field. So it's like the peer expert perspective and it's launching in June. It's called Thoughts May Vary. Very excited about it. And, and yeah. Love that. And then so obviously you're very focused on mental health and going in this path and bringing in the experts. So along your journey of learning more about yourself as it relates to your mental health and everyone else's as they went through COVID and being alone and and dealing with all the things people are dealing with that you can't see, what would you say is the first step in terms of recognizing the status of your mental health? Like kind of doing a a check-in to say, hmm, something seems off with me. I need to seek professional advice or I need to find other resources that will help me with this process. I think the first step is just being honest with yourself. I feel like, at least in my perspective, I would make up so many stories in my head that I would tell people and I would just lie to myself, honestly. And when I finally just stopped lying to myself and acknowledged what was going on and allowed myself to listen to my inner voice a little bit more, that's when I knew it was time to to seek help and realize that I didn't have all the answers. Um, and, you know, what, however that shows up for people, right? Like, I feel like it's so intimidating for people to think that they need to immediately jump into therapy. Like, that's not, that's not the case for everyone. Mental health is not one size fits all. What works for me might not work for the person next to me, and it might not even work for me tomorrow. So, I think it's all about just being very, very honest with yourself and having a deep love and respect for yourself because with that respect, you want to take care of yourself. You want to take care of your mind. Your mental health trickles into literally every other part of your life. So why not address it first, you know? And so I think on top of that, just being very present, like that's something that I try and work on every single day is just being in the moment and being a lot more present. And that presence allows me to hear my inner voice a lot more clearly. And that I think is a skill that I need to work at every single day. And I think that people can continue to work on as well. So I would just say, try and be as present as possible and just stop lying to yourself and actually be honest and and try and hear what's going on inside. That is great advice and hard to do because, but, but when you really break it down and simplify it and stop all the noise in your brain, like it's actually probably a little simpler than it's sounding. But I have a question about how to like differentiate between when you're lying to yourself or like, cause okay, there's a fine line, right? Like, let's say you're trying to discover if maybe you have some sort of mental health status or like a partner that you're in a relationship with has a mental health status that you want to like discuss or talk about. It's hard to just, you kind of touch on this, like, Oh, I need therapy. Like, how do you differentiate the difference between I think that there is like something wrong with me and I'm just diagnosing myself or other people around me. Like, this is it. This is the problem. And like also not cutting someone off or diagnosing yourself too soon. You know what I mean? You also don't want to stick around too long and make excuses for yourself or somebody. So like, where is that middle ground? I know it's a broad question, but like, how would you tell between like, 
okay, I'm kind of making excuses here, or I'm like being a little too harsh. There's like a Mm -hmm. middle area. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I would say like never diagnose yourself because (laughs) most of us aren't doctors. So don't like play. It's like going on WebMD. Like you're not going to get anything out of it. So do not diagnose yourself. If you feel like you need to be diagnosed with something and that will help you figure out whatever is going on, go seek help from a professional. Um, but I, I get what you're saying and it is like a very, it is a very, very, very fine line. And I think that the first thing I'll say again is never diagnose yourself, turn to a professional. They're the ones that actually can figure out and help what's going on. Do not go down the WebMD rabbit hole of mental health, but I'm the first person to always say that therapy I think is for everybody. And I think there's a big misconception that you have to go seek help when you're in a moment of crisis. And I definitely have done that, right? Like I've I've gone to therapy and I've gone to seek help in moments where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I know I'm in a crisis. But right now, for example, I just found a new therapist and I'm in a place in my life where like I'm good. Like there are things that I'm that I'm working through and and trauma that I'm trying to unpack. But all in all, like I'm I'm A plus right now. So I think that when you seek help and you and you go to therapy, when you're not in a moment of trauma or in a, sorry, in a moment of crisis, at least in my personal experience, that's when I have like the coolest breakthroughs because that crisis is not necessarily at the forefront of my mind. Do you know what I mean? So like I'm not, it's not clouding everything else because when I went to get help for a crisis, that was all I was unpacking. I didn't really get to the root of much else. Now, like, okay, I have that foundation and I have that those realizations for myself that I can then apply to my life now. But now that I don't have this thing clogging my vision and and clogging my everyday life, I'm able to get way more into like the nitty gritty with my therapist, which is really interesting. So I definitely encourage people to, if you think therapy could be for you, or even if you don't and you want to try it out, um, there are plenty of places like Psychology Today that you can type in your um, insurance and find a therapist and network. You can put all the qualifications that you want in there. That's where I actually found my therapist. But just try it out because you don't need to be in a moment of crisis. Like I think therapy is like going to the gym. It's literally going to the gym for your brain. So We agree 100%. We're big proponents of that here. And then also now is a great time because a lot of people are doing virtual consultations right. and, and people have moved into that world. So it's much easier to actually squeeze appointments in especially again, if you're working from home because you're home. So take advantage of it until you have to go back to the office. And even then, I think like when I started jobs in the past, I would tell my employer, like, listen, I have this set meeting like once a week or biweekly. And it's very important to me. And like, they can't say no because A, that's discrimination. And B, like you deserve your time, whether it's for a lunch break or for a mental health break, whatever it is that you choose to do, you deserve that time. So like you, I think everyone should go find someone to talk to because, again, the people in our lives are not educated in this area. Like, for instance, you dabble in your studies of mental health, but you went and partnered with an expert in mental health to host a podcast about it so that there would be someone there that's actually studied the thing. And while exactly. we all, you know, practice the best mental health care we can for ourselves, it didn't come from no, like, you know, it didn't come without reading about it, studying it from podcasts or, or seeing a therapist ourselves. So I think everyone, you know, should do that immediately. And then like, for instance, people who have been in 
relationships where they were in toxic environments and maybe didn't work through it at the time with a therapist and are aiming to date now that the world's opening up again, like, do you recommend that they find a therapist first or maybe hand in hand so that they don't repeat the mistakes of the past and ignore those uh, red flags potentially? Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said before, mental health and self-care is not one size fits all. So while, again, I'll say like I recommend therapy to literally everybody, it might not be the immediate answer for everyone. So I think it's just, again, going back to being honest with yourself and, and checking in and seeing where you're at. Um, I think, you know, in toxic relationships, like I said before, there, you know, there's two people contributing to it in some way. So I think just understanding what behaviors you were contributing to. And again, I will preface that by saying that I am not talking about any sort of abuse when I say that there's two people playing in that if you were abused physically emotionally it's not your fault at all you are fully the victim in the situation so for just again talking about toxic relationships I would just say acknowledge what behaviors that brought out in you acknowledge what behaviors you contributed to it and recognize you know what boundaries you need to have in your new relationship like something that I do that's super helpful is that like my my boyfriend knows everything like he knows everything that happened in that relationship like as it comes to me because a lot of it I like blocked out in my brain to be honest and I'll randomly have memories especially now that I'm like working through certain things in therapy it'll I'll have these like random memories come up and I'll I'll tell him them because it's very important for me and I think for our relationship for him to fully understand why I am the way that I am and why I might react in a certain way to certain situations or why certain things might trigger me because especially being someone who was in an emotionally abusive relationship, like there's a lot of things that I get triggered by, whether it's certain things that he says or certain actions or even like physically, you know, like there's, there's just so much stuff that's coming up. Um, so I think it's about like being honest with your partner if you feel safe with them. Um, and if you're dating, to be honest, make sure you're taking enough time before, like when I got out of that relationship for good, I'm not talking about like when we'd break up for six months and we would like both fuck around and then like get back together. I'm talking when we like broke up, broke up. I didn't date or do anything for like a year and a half because I was just like, I need Gabby time because especially when you're in these toxic relationships, you're usually probably being controlled by your partner in some way and manipulated by them. And that's exhausting and you need time to fill yourself back up and and relearn yourself. And like, I took a good year to just do me. I was my first year in my job, in my new job, and I was working my ass off. And I was just honestly taking time to just do whatever I needed to do. And I think that's so important. Like, I'm all about a little distraction here and there. But so like, go out, mess around, have fun safely, do whatever you need to do. But in terms of like giving your heart to someone and, and emotionally throwing yourself back into a relationship, I would definitely do a double take and make sure that that's the healthiest decision for you. So that would basically be like some tips that you might have to strengthening your mental health, right? Like maybe that's taking time for yourself. Maybe that's seeing a therapist. Maybe that's when you're ready to be in a relationship, being really open with your partner about what happened in your past so you can have open lines of communication. Like all those things might be tips for strengthening your mental health and like not being ashamed of what has happened to you before or what you might have gone through that you just want to like shove under a rug, right? Because there's part of you want to like love and forgive yourself. And that is goes hand in hand with strengthening your mental health. Well, yeah, I think, you know, taking care of your mental health is like the best act of self love. And it's like the best act of 
of um of yeah of self-love for yourself like you're you're showing yourself enough respect that you're choosing to take care of your mental health now to avoid a relationship like the one you described and ones we've all been in that are super toxic and maybe we possibly saw red flags but you know either made excuses for them ignored them painted them white whatever the case may be what are some easy ways to spot them and then like, let's say you're in the relationship already, you know, not just dating and getting into the relationship, but you're in it. How can you recognize that you're in a toxic relationship if you're already like past the point of, you know, running? Yeah. Well, it's funny that you asked that because I was just talking about this with my therapist and I was telling her, I was like, the reason that I like having all these mental health conversations and that like, I always throw myself into talking about my fucked up relationship is because I want to help at least one person like I want them to see themselves because one of the things that I didn't see was that I didn't know it was wrong what was going on until I talked about it with people in my life and they were like wait that's really not okay and so even if one person can like recognize themselves and I can be the person to be like no that's actually not normal like I'm I'm happy um and I told my therapist this and I was like you know maybe if they could spot this before they're in love with the person like everything will be fine. And she looked at me and she was like, cute sentiment, but usually this these qualities don't come out until you're already like in the relationship, which is super unfortunate. Obviously there are things that like, you know, we can spot from a mile away that we should just not choose to ignore, which are things like, um, you know, nonstop narcissism. Like we see that a lot in a relationship, in a toxic relationship types of manipulation, you know, jealousy, especially jealousy in the beginning. We like, I think you're like, oh my God, it's so cute. Like, look how they're jealous. Like they just love me so much. And you're like, no, that's atrocious. And no one should be that way with you. Um, So those are like the little things that I feel like you can see in the beginning, especially like the control, whether like they're controlling how you drink or who you go out with or what you're doing or what you're wearing. Like those are just more basic warning signs. But I feel like once you're kind of in it and that person has shown you their true colors and they're thriving in their toxic traits. You know, a lot of the ones that I always try and bring up to people is one of them is the concept of feeling isolated. That was something that I felt a lot in mind that I didn't recognize was wrong. We're like, we were long distance. So whenever we'd be in the same city, we like wouldn't leave the hotel room. We would just not see other people and he would, we would just order room service and he would just want to stay in the room all day. And like, I, I couldn't go see my friends with him. And like, it was just all about like us, us, us. And it was just this bubble. And then it was like, when we were actually in the real world, like we didn't know how to function because we were always in this like isolated situation, you know? And then when, when he wasn't around, it would be that he wanted, he didn't want me to, to go have fun without him or to go do things with my friends without him. So that like sort of control that then turns into isolation is a big red flag and a big warning sign that I feel like people need to acknowledge a bit more. Um, And then there's, I mean, there's literally like a whole list of them. Like, you know, if they're constantly judging you, if they're jealous, if they're resenting you, if they're angry, you know, a lot of this, I think, in my opinion, most of these behaviors are rooted in excessive insecurity like I feel like these people are just so deeply insecure that they're doing everything in their power to try and control the situation and make themselves feel better because they're scared of losing you because they know that they're not good enough if that you know what I mean if that makes sense yeah um and that's where all of it stems from in my opinion like the manipulative behavior the you know the lack of support like 
I always see this with with my friends and I've seen this with a lot of my friends and and people younger than me too and this was something that like I didn't realize how messed up it was until I was out of it where like you know I would because I was in college at the time I would get internships every summer in New York because I wanted to work at a magazine and the magazines that I wanted to work at were in New York and he was back in Miami and every time I'd get a new internship instead of saying oh my god congratulations that's a great job like good for you it was well I can't believe you're choosing to spend more time away from me like what do you like wow you know like that loser like what are you doing you know yeah and so that's that's a very big red flag and honestly I would just encourage anyone if they have the slightest hunch that they are in a toxic relationship just google google traits of a toxic relationship and do a checklist when him and I first broke up the first time around my mom at this point like I wasn't deep in the shame where like I because it got to a point that I wouldn't tell people what was going on at all but in the beginning because I didn't know it was wrong I would like vent to my mom and like my sister and my friends and so they knew what was going on and how messed up it was and the first time we broke up my mom gave me this book called the verbally abusive relationship and she was like you need to sit and read this book and you need to you're not leaving your room until you're done and there was a checklist in the beginning of it and I literally checked off like every behavior and that was super eye-opening did I stay in the relationship for three more years absolutely but (laughs) was it super eye-opening for me absolutely so just google it and then the second part of your question in terms of just like getting out of it like once you kind of recognize it um honestly if you're in any sort of physical danger seek immediate help Honestly, I think just distance yourself emotionally and physically. Like the the best way to do it is just weed that person's voice from out of your head because typically if you're in a toxic relationship, they're super manipulative. They're always gaslighting you and making you feel crazy. And so if you're able to just separate yourself from them and hear yourself clearly for a second and gain a little bit more perspective, that's really helpful. And I think this one is not that – it's not that common when I hear people talking about how to get out of it, but it's something that really helped me is taking accountability. So like I had mentioned before, you know, there's two people typically contributing to this toxic behavior in some way. And if you stop contributing your negative behaviors, they're not going to have anyone to fight with anymore. So in my experience, once I took that accountability and once I worked on myself and, and healed in the way that I needed to heal, that's when I was actually able to pull myself out of it for the last time and really, really, really let it go because I I released those patterns in myself. I released that side of myself and he no longer had a fighting partner. Like he, I just didn't have it in me anymore, you know? And and sh- very shortly after, that's when we broke up for the last time because I was just like, this isn't, this isn't me anymore. So I don't know. I would always encourage people to take accountability and just always remember, literally write it in your mirror, on your mirror if you have to. Taking care of yourself is not selfish, no matter how often they tell you that it is. So everyone deserves a healthy love. Everyone deserves taking care of their mental health. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. I hope that answers your question. No, that it does. It's such great advice too, like to just check back in with yourself. And like, it's really important to obviously do that when you're in relationships, romantic relationships and friendships. Romantic relationships run so deep that this is why I think this topic of like toxic relationships, it usually always is centered around like romantic relationships because they go so deep and they're so hard to get out of and you're so connected and you're in love and it's like the deepest form, right? But it happens a lot like in other types of relationships and they can be pretty toxic too. And like, you can find yourself maybe in professionally. And as a woman, like we, as women, we are finding like more 
rights and our voices and things like that professionally, right? Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of women and like male dominant jobs that are like now stepping up and finding their equal playing field. And how do you, you did like a crazy kind of career shift and speaking about like mental health and avoiding like getting burnt out or like living in an unhealthy like environment in the workplace. Like how do you take care of yourself in that area too? Do you think it's the same advice? Because I think a lot of women want to feel like, oh yeah, there's so many men who have like, oh, I'm so focused on work right now. And that's kind of like an excuse for men not to be like vulnerable or committed in a relationship. And women are supposed to like listen to that excuse. But like we feel equal in that sense now. We're professional. We're like just right there with you. And how do we take care of ourselves in that area too so that all of our other relationships can thrive? Well, yeah, that's the thing is like women are expected like to not only have a job and be successful. This is like the whole like hustle culture narrative, right? It's like we're expected to like be these like girl bosses who thrive, but then also like take care of four kids. Like, like it's it's a very very confusing narrative. But in terms of just like avoiding burnout and and my work life balance, like I think it all goes back in with checking in with yourself and doing those like daily check ins of like how am I today? I'm lucky now that I'm in a position where I'm a, I'm my own boss where I can take a mental health day if needed or start my day a little bit later or end it a little bit earlier and maybe push a deadline here and there because I cannot function and and need that time. Whereas when I was working as somebody's assistant, while my boss was amazing and, you know, the best boss ever, at the end of the day, my life still revolved around her and making her life easier and better. And that's very draining and very exhausting, especially as a 22-year-old straight out of college. And it was a tough, tough job. So I guess I'll speak on it from like that lens of how I was handling it then. And and I wish I did a better job of it, but like it was really, it got to the point where like I would have to just go to the bathroom and like take a couple of deep breaths like in the bathroom stall before I would go back to work because I would have to like have a smile on my face all the time. You know, like you're someone's assistant. There's a level of professionalism expected from you. Um, but I would just constantly remember to check in with yourself. And as a woman, I always just say like, fuck the hustle, the hustle culture narrative. Like this productivity and the concept of productivity is such a trap. We're just like taught in society to equate how successful we are to how productive we are. We need to work smarter, not harder. And honestly, we need to think a little bit more like men in terms of just asserting what we need because that's that's not something that they're scared of doing and talking about. So take what you need and fill yourself back up because if you're not filling yourself back up you're not going to be performing in in any way so it's whatever works for you whether it's journaling whether it's getting outside in nature whether it's exercising at the beginning or the ending of the day whether it's therapy it's just figuring out what works for you it's like dating you just need to test it all out kind of until you find something that kind of clicks for you totally and it just seems so much more normalized too when you're talking about it and such like breaking it down to digestible like ways to go about it first check in with yourself hello we're all with ourselves all the time so that just makes it feel so easy to kind of recalibrate and you just I think soothed all of us in terms of how to approach these various things we encounter through our lives that cause massive stress and a bit of heartache honestly because if you're feeling imbalanced in a relationship your heart hurts and it affects every other area if you're feeling imbalanced in the workplace and trying to make 
all of these things, you know, a success at one time, you're burnt out and then really just not succeeding in any area because you have very little to give. It's a little bit like, you know, put your own mask on before helping others kind of thing. So we totally think people should talk about it and they should listen to you talk about it. Where can everyone find you on the socials as well as remind everyone when your new podcast is coming out? So my new podcast is coming out June of 2021. Hopefully we <laughs> we've set on like a mid June launch date, but I'm not giving the date out quite yet. But June, it's it's coming. And you guys can find me on Instagram. It's at Gabby Uyoa underscore. It's G-A-B-Y-U-L-L-O-A underscore. And the podcast is called Thoughts May Vary. You can find us at Thoughts May Vary Pod. And also that and all everything to do with the podcast will be linked on my personal Instagram. That's where I post the majority of my stuff and where I keep people updated on what I'm writing and what I'm working on. So make sure to check me out on there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gabby. Everyone go follow her so you can just be ready for this awesome, great new podcast. And while you're listening to podcasts, don't forget to tune into It's Complicated, where we talk about more dating and relationshipy stuff. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And you can find It's Complicated wherever you get your podcasts, where you can rate and comment and share our show. You can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds as well. Love you long time. You're on a hot date with Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. And now it's complicated. <laughs>